0: Science, the official podcast of the University of Stuttgart. Professor Sabine Ludwigs, who is our podcast guest today, is heading an interdisciplinary and international research team of polymer chemists, physical chemists, and material scientists who are developing functional and intelligent polymer materials and devices. I would like to talk with her About chemistry at the University of Stuttgart and her research activities. About functional soft materials and soft robotics. About the role of music in her life and, not to forget, bits and pieces. Hello, Professor Ludwigs. Great to meet you at our podcast studio.
1: Hello, Dr. Holtkamp. It's a pleasure to be here and it's a pleasure to re-meet you again. I mean, we have met at at various occasions in the context of music, but you have been even visiting my labs recently and seen hands-on what we're doing in my lab. So, again, thanks for inviting me.
0: You're very welcome. When I came to your lab, I noticed it's on the ninth floor of a multi-floor building. So, what does this tell us about the relevance and significance of your area or institute at our university?
1: I have to admit it's the eighth floor in the, in the chemistry building, but uh, never mind. But so that you find us, come to the eighth floor, um, and then you follow just the science into my lab. I would say it's quite high in significance, so we are doing really nice research, um, which is future relevant. And you mentioned some of the aspects already in your introductory statement about soft materials and soft robotics. And I add now also for, for example, biomedical applications, so for health issues.
0: The profile photo of your institute consists of a horizontal and vertical team photo. And I must say, I really like the photo. It is quite a, a little bit unusual photo, but I think it's, uh, it may also contain a message here. Is there a hint at the inner workings of your institute in that photo?
1: That photo was actually taken at um, one of our group meetings or group excursions at the Museum of Illusions. And I mean, everybody can take their own message home. But one of the messages is definitely um, that you should think and act from different perspectives, so you can see um, our research from different perspectives. It also shows the team spirit of my group, so I have a fantastic team of uh, researchers and also lab technicians and administrations who are all working together um, in f- to solve the research questions of um, the next time, one could say. So. Team spirit, good mood, working together. Uh, and what the Museum of Illusions also shows is that we like to address questions, research questions in a playful way as well. Yeah, So we want to have fun doing this research. And I think that might be the message which comes out through that.
0: It contains also a hint at the interdisciplinarity uh, of the field that you are working in. Would you say that for chemistry, that has a long tradition? I mean, being interdisciplinary, or is it more of a recent development?
1: I would not say that it's a recent um, development. I mean, chemistry has existed for ages, for de- for for centuries, yeah? but that was mainly inorganic organic and physical chemistry and we or my group represents polymer chemistry and polymer chemistry is in its nature already interdisciplinary so what you see from my from the teaming up actually of the members polymer chemists work more on a, in a synthetic way physical chemists who work more on the physical um, Way or in the physical way of doing research, and physical chemists, and also material scientists, material science also being very interdisciplinary. So I would say it's nothing new, but it's going much more um, towards the future. So to solve questions of the future in advanced applications, for example, you need to work interdisciplinary, and you need chemistry for that. Yeah, So you need bottom-up chemistry, making materials, making molecules, which then can be used by the engineers, for example, in their devices.
0: Would you say that you are a chemist and an engineer at the same time?
1: Oh, I wouldn't say that I'm an engineer, because then the engineering colleagues um, would not be happy, I think, about that. So I'm a natural scientist. Yeah, So um, chemistry is still natural science, and engineering is <laughs> is another discipline. I call myself a chemist with a favor for physics as well, and I often call myself a polymer material scientist as well, which also couples all these expertises into each other.
0: In that particular area, soft robotics is an important area in your work. Could you elaborate? on that term, soft robotics, please? Mm-hmm.
1: You may know hard robotics, yeah? hard pieces um, to make a robotic mimic of a human, for example. Yeah? And then you might have seen these pictures in the internet where a robot hand meets a human hand and they come together. And you might also think of robots in a way of um, using them in industrial applications. And often they are then encaged yeah, so that they cannot hurt the human user yeah, because they are made out of hard parts. And one rather recent development is go- going towards soft materials, so s- materials being soft and flexible, and even more than going into soft material robotics where the materials part plays a role or an important role as well. And that inherently helps Including safety issues, so reducing risks of injury, for example.
0: For your international PhD candidates that, you, that work with you, um, what requirements do you have for them? I'm asking also because I often get the question at education fairs, what does it take, how can I apply to a professor? And uh, you are an excellent example for uh, the field of chemistry and also uh, as somebody who works on a, in a very international team, as mentioned before. How does that work? What kind of advice do you have for them?
1: You should have a background which fits also the research of my team. Um, So that would be chemistry, that would be material science, that would be chemical engineering physics. So you see that's already quite broad. I would say it helps to have communicative skills as well because you will be part of, as you said, an international and interdisciplinary team. So you have to work in a team. You're not working as a single researcher. You work with others together together because this is also the concept of my team or of our team that I mentioned already that you have synthetic chemists working more with physicists together. And if they work always at the border, at the, at the boundary between these two disciplines, um, then I found out that it's particularly useful and particularly um, future relevant.
0: Let's talk about your personal learning curve at the various academic institutions that you have worked at. Stations are the University of Bayreuth, then the famous Cavendish Lab at the University of Cambridge, and the University of Freiburg. What were some of the challenges? What chances did you have at these different institutions that you actually took to bring you here to our university?
1: Right. So I was born in Cologne, grew up in Bayreuth, and then decided to do my chemistry studies. At at that time, that was diploma chemistry at the University of Bayreuth. And then I got particularly attracted by physical chemistry of polymers, And I did my PhD in a group which was headed by a physicist. That was Professor Georg Krausch at that time. And already there, I learned this way of interdisciplinary thinking. So, I stayed quite a long time in Bayreuth with the studies and then the follow up with the PhD, and only then left Bayreuth and went to Cambridge. So, that was my first big international experience. So, going to England, and then I had to adapt to the British language, I had to adapt to the style of living in England, and I loved it. Yeah, I loved Cambridge. I loved this. Um, this atmosphere um, with the colleges. I really loved that. And I also enjoyed very much working at the Cavendish Laboratory. As um, you may know, this is also a physics department. So again, I was involved in physics. Only afterwards, when I was coming back to to Germany, I decided to, to join the Institute of Macromolecular Chemistry at the University of Freiburg. This was with, with Professor Rolf Mühlhaupt, so a famous polymer chemist, so a well-known polymer chemist in Germany. And there I headed a young researcher group and my own first young researcher group at the Institute of Macromolar Chemistry, but also at the Freiburg Materials Research Center, the FMF. And then during that time, that was 2006 to 2010, I got also... um, the position of a junior fellow at the Friars, that was the excellence initiative of the University of Freiburg at that time. And I also got one of these Emmy Noether fellowships, um, which allowed me to set up my own team. So that was like really an, an, an increase also in visibility, an increase in more academic freedom which I got there and which I had in Freiburg, which all then helped me to make the next bigger step to go in t- 2010 to the University of Stuttgart. I'm, I might want to mention as well my research stays at, um, at research institutes in France. Um, I had been at the beginning of my PhD, I had been for a very short time at the CNRS in Mulhouse, um, working there, and I had multiple exchanges with um, the ICS, so Institut Charles Adron, and also the ECPM, um, the Ecole Chimie Polymer, Materiaux, at the University of Strasbourg. So I'm mixing English and French as you are seeing now. <laughs> I hope that's not a problem.
0: Not at all. Did you mix that in school as well? Uh, what was your focus uh, in in school? Um, did you find your passion for chemistry and physics, for that matter, uh, already in school, or did that come at s- sometime later?
1: It came during the school, but I have to admit, I'm not the classic chemist, I'm not the classical natural scientist, because... I used to be at a grammar school which was focused on languages. So I had um, English, Latin and French at school and I enjoyed very much all three languages. I even did my Abitur, my A-levels in Latin. That was one of the subjects. The other subject which I also did for the Abitur was music. And that came from my real passion and that is um, music. And that was or is, has been in particular playing the piano.
0: As a music uh, aficionado, uh, you are also a member of the academic choir at the University of Stuttgart. Now, how does music go together with your work in natural science, if I may ask? I know many of the musicians uh, in our academic uh, orchestra, perhaps also in the choir, come from the background of engineering and natural sciences. What is the special relation between the two. How do you experience that?
1: For me, music is the beauty. It's really the uh, what we call the passion for something. This is a feeling. Um, chemistry on the other side is like understanding the world. So I like both. I, I like enjoying things, having the feeling, but I also like understanding questions and solving puzzles.
0: Obviously, that is the case in your current research as well. So, the polymer research. In chemistry, there are so many directions to take. You gave us a little bit of a, a background when you said, well, there were, physics came in. Uh, certainly, the professors you worked with were very influential here. But at one point, you must have said for yourself, okay, this is an area for the future. Um, Can you elaborate on that a little more, the importance of uh, polymers for all of us?
1: I like polymers. Polymers are surrounding us. You have them in your bathroom. You have them in your kitchen. Just think of Tupperware, which you certainly will be using. Think of the bottle I am having here. You gave me some water in a PET, polyethylene terephthalate um, bottle. So... Polymers are in our lives, yeah. so in our normal day lives. And I got attracted by their properties early on. So their mechanical properties, you can make them in any shape, in any structure you want. I mean, I have a Lego piece, but I can also have a bottle of water. yeah. So you can really change the shape. And what is even more interesting is that you can make them functional. And that's what we are working on, on functional polymers. Functionality in my definition or in our definition is that the polymers additionally have optical properties. They can absorb light, which makes them useful for using them in organic solar cells, for example, or in organic light emitting diets, OLEDs. They can conduct Electricity, that's a special class we're working on. That's the conjugated conducting polymers. So they can be metal-like, flexible metal-like material properties. And what else? Electrochemistry, for example. So again, having the possibility to not only do polymer chemistry, but also combine it with another discipline. In this case, for example, like electrochemistry, which you know from battery research, for example.
0: Now, the vision of the University of Stuttgart is intelligent systems for a sustainable society. And against that background, I wonder how sustainable is the work in your particular research area, the polymers, but also perhaps uh, chemistry these days? And how sustainable should it be in the future?
1: I would say that my research domain and our research activities are at the heart of intelligent systems for a sustainable society. We are making intelligent materials which can be used for en- for solving energy problems, but they can also be used in health issues to help get a sustainable society. I mean, health is something which is important for each of us.
0: The research activities cover, among other things, also a research training group for doctoral researchers um, led by the Heidelberg University, uh, but and uh, in collaboration, obviously, with the University of Stuttgart. Um, can you tell us anything more about that, please?
1: Yeah, this is our latest achievement, headed by... A colleague of mine, Professor Jana Zaumseil from Heidelberg University from the Physical Chemistry Department, I'm the co-speaker of this research training group. The topic of it is Mixed Ionic Electronic Transport from Fundamentals to Applications. From Stuttgart University, there are two other PIs involved in this research research training group, and this is my colleague Holger Steep from mechanical engineering, and Alexander Schleich, who is a young researcher in SimTech, in the Excellence Cluster SimTech. So together with Holger Steeb in particular, we have set in the last years um, a great collaboration, which then also developed into a common lab so it's a lab between chemistry and um, mechanics, and this lab is called Functional Soft Materials. And this lab is, is part of this research training group as well from the Stuttgart side. And we're quite excited about that because it only has started on 1st of October, and we're still accepting new PhD students or applications for PhD students. Um, they are all starting now, but, but there are still some open questions. So maybe someone hears that in the World Wide Web when we kind of when, when we have this podcast on. In this research training group, we go again beyond boundaries. I mean, the, already the title says it from fundamentals. So we want to get a fundamental understanding but then also use it for applications. And uh, applications in this area are, for example, organic electrochemical transistors, which can be used as biosensors. And these are also actuators, actuators which then become useful then for soft robotics applications.
0: And then there is BITS, the Bionic Intelligence Tübingen Stuttgart Center. Now, that is also uh, one of your big research um, activities and, uh, and certainly brings about uh, the results for the future. What is coming up in that one?
1: So the question is, what is BITS? BITS is Bionic Intelligence Tubing in Stuttgart. It's headed... By me and two of my colleagues. So this is Professor Sönn Schmidt from the University of Stuttgart and Professor Martin Giese from the University of Tübingen. Sönn Schmidt is an expert on biomechanics and Martin Giese is an expert on computational neurology and what I'm doing you have already heard. So... We are setting up a complete new level of interdisciplinary re- research and inter-university research. It's University of Stuttgart, University of Tübingen. And additionally, we have two Max Planck Institutes involved. So this is the Max Planck Institute for Intelligent Systems at Stuttgart site in particular, and the Max Planck Institute for Biological Cybernetics. So this team, this collaborative team, wants to do Bionic intelligence, and this means, to put it very short, that means um, to combine or to integrate the human with intelligent technological solutions. And we want to address with that societal questions from health, in particular from neurology. And this is, for example, motor deficits, which you have after Parkinson's with tremor, for example. Or also psychiatric diseases um, when you have obsessive disorder, compulsive, dis- uh, compulsive obsessive disorder is for ex- or anxiety as well. So these are illnesses we would like to address with novel technological solutions.
0: With all these corporations, uh, and when I um, hear your description uh, and see your uh, dedication uh, to these as well, I can't help thinking that our university is already very much a polymer university, mm-hmm. stretching in various directions, being flexible, having a focus, you know, solid material as well, uh, being sustainable, all of what we said before. Now still, what do universities boundaries mean to you? What do you expect them to change uh, in the future? Do the structures of universities have to change, uh, be more open, uh, or do universities, as you experience them and have experienced them in your um, Vita, actually offer enough docking stations for other institutions?
1: With BITS, and I take the example of BITS to answer your question, we have experts on specific domains at particular places. And for the center, it's particularly nice that on the one hand, we have more the people who do devices, physical devices, but also software intelligence, as we call that, which is, for example, also coming out of the Excellence Cluster SimTech. And we combine that with life science, with a particular focus on neurology of the University of Tübingen. So we combine two main expertises, two highlight expertises into one centre. And, I mean, what are boundaries nowadays? It's often also administration. There uh, bureaucratic issues which come into the game as well, of course. It's like when you want to have professorships which are attached to both universities, for example. There you need to have some certain rules, for example. You have to have a, a certain procedure. But I think the universities are also working on, on, on these issues.
0: At the end of our conversation comes our famous moment 7 and that means we have collected seven questions that we would like to ask you please answer them as shortly as possible moment 1 spätzle Or Maultaschen? Both. Moment two. One thing you could change about the world would be...
1: Improve intercultural communication and then grace of charity.
0: Moment three. Being a singer in a choir, your favorite musician is...
1: Beethoven.
0: Moment four. The best advice that you have ever received?
1: Fall down, get up, straighten your crown.
0: Moment five. Your favorite place on the campus at our university?
1: A lecture hall full of chemistry students.
0: Moment six. If I could start all over again, I would do the following differently.
1: Je ne rien, nothing.
0: And moment seven. Please complete also this sentence. Thanks to my studies, I know that...
1: That there are and will be always open questions in science.
0: Professor Ludwigs, thank you for our conversation, for your time, for having come here today. Wishing you all the very best for your future work and also your many responsibilities and research projects going on together with your colleagues and teams.
1: Thank you very much. I enjoyed very much being your interview partner today and being in a radio studio for the first time of my life. Thank you.
0: And to our audience, please stay tuned for our upcoming conversations that are always based on what is made in science. My name is Wolfgang Holtkamp. Have a great podcasting day. Goodbye and good talking.